Tonight uh, is the start of a new series that we're doing on Sunday nights, and Pastor Murray and I will be leading this study. It's, uh, we've entitled it, The Most Important Part of Your Daily Life, The Most Important Part of Your Daily Life. And uh, it's a study on worship. And uh, the people who are joining me here on the, sta- on the platform are, are not people that just forgot about going back to their seats, but they are, they are here to join us in this very important time. We're going to incorporate uh, in a unique way um, through the message, through the study tonight, worship as we go along, and that will be the way we operate the next four or five weeks. And we want to help people understand just the beauty and the power that comes from doing things that the, that the Bible calls us to do first and the most important. And uh, so, thank God for that. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands how many of the Norwegians are here tonight, but I have, I've been very easy on the Norwegians for a long time. And I just thought that maybe it would help some of you, uh, you know, if I could start by sharing a, a true story, a true story. I heard about the Norwegian farmer who decided to buy a chainsaw, and the logging foreman uh, sold him one that he guaranteed would cut down 15 trees in a single day. A week later, a very unhappy Norwegian farmer came back to the shop and said, the saw must be faulty. Something's not right with the saw. It averages only three trees a day. The foreman grabbed the saw and pulled the cord, and the saw promptly went, you know how it goes. The Norwegian was frightened when he heard the sound. He said, what is that? (laughs) So praise God. Uh, I just love the Norwegians. You uh, You can't help but love the Norwegians. Praise God. Praise God. Hardworking people. The most important part of our daily life. Now tonight, did you know that one of the most urgent realities in New Testament churches is power failure? Power failure. The sad reality is many churches and many people don't know the power's not there. They come together to have social gatherings, to see one another, to See, see their friends and so forth. And the real important business of the church is the social aspect of the church. And uh, getting together for coffee and, and changing uh, friendly visits and so forth. And I just want to propose to you that that's not the most critical and important matter of why we gather. We're going to focus on the most critical matter in your life, in our lives together in the church, in the world, and you know what that is? Ministering to the Lord. Ministering to the Lord. Our ministry to the Lord in worship must, be, must come before our ministry to other people. You know, some, some, some fellowships, they, they say you've got to find your place, you just have to get going doing something, and, and, and many times people linger in that mode for a short period of time, and they go, where's the joy, where's the, where's the victory, and, and we understand that um, you know, it creates a, a, a forum for powerlessness. The, the power of life comes from being a, a person who understands the glory that the Lord deserves and to bring it to him on a daily basis. Amen. I'll wait till you stop shouting and I'll go on. <laughs> Praise God. We need to be caught up in the wonder 
of the Lord Jesus Christ every day and desire to know him more intimately and more personally because that's the key to having an overcoming life is worshiping God, knowing who he is, and loving him for who he is, not just asking for stuff. So to serve the Lord is to minister to the Lord. Let me repeat it. To serve the Lord is to minister to the Lord. Now, some people go, what? I don't know if I agree with that. To serve the Lord is to minister to him. And I want to focus on a number of things tonight as we go forward. Ministering to the Lord is the common theme in the Bible, is a common theme throughout the Bible. Now, we're going to sing a couple of songs some of you may not know. We're going to uh, focus on taking the Word and making it real to our hearts. So, there's an old song that used to be sung by brethren people about why we've come to worship. We're going to sing it together. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the about 10% of you. It's a great song. Listen, all is vain unless the spirit of the living God comes down. That's what the song, I, I believe that that is a truth that we need to understand in our concept of worship. So spend a moment or two with me talking about Israel in the wilderness days. Israel in the wilderness days. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 6, the Israelites traveled from the wells of Bene Jachan to Masorah. It was there that Aaron died and was buried, and Eleazar, his son, succeeded him as priest. And from there they traveled to Gadgotha and to Jabtha. <clears throat> I hope you're doing okay out there. And a, a land of streams of water. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister and to pronounce blessings in his name as they still do today. We're reminded of the importance of standing before the Lord and blessing his name. That is why the Levites have no share or inheritance among their fellow Israelites. The Lord is their inheritance as the Lord your God told them. What would we, what would we pronounce and proclaim to the Lord? We would bless him for his faithfulness, for his greatness. Amen. When's the last time you spent time thanking him for his greatness? When's the last time that you get up in the morning and say, Father, I want to thank you that you're an awesome God. I just want to, I just want to worship you and tell you how much I love you. Let's sing together. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow 
thing to tell the Lord how great he is to you and thank him for his blessings in your life and his provision. So Israel went through wilderness days and they learned the secret of blessing him and honoring him. But Israel also had its dark days, dark days where there was no word from God. There was, there was no one standing up with an anointing. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18, Samuel was ministering before the Lord and a, as a boy wearing a linen ephod. And each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him while she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Here's a lady that had no, didn't have a child. They were mocking her. She was blessed finally with a child named Samuel. She presents him to the Lord. She said, if you'll bless me with a son, I'll present him to the Lord, and he will be a servant of the Lord all the days of his life. Now, if you had only one child, and you had to come to the temple once a year to see him and to, and to love him and to uh, spend time, you know, hugging him and talking to him, and that would be a real rough moment, wouldn't it? But this is what Hannah did in her experience, but they came faithfully every year as their custom was to worship the Lord. Now in 1 Samuel 3, 1, and the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So it was a spiritual dry time, but yet there was still a desire to honor the Lord and to worship him and look to him expectantly. It was also Israel during the reign of King Solomon. We see a different wind blowing through Israel. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 4, when all the elders of Israel had arrived, the Levites took up the ark, and they brought up the ark and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it, and the Levitical priests carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him before uh, before. Were, were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. And the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and covered the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends extended from the ark could be seen from the front of the inner sanctuary, but not from outside the holy place, and they are still there today. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had placed in it at Horeb, and where the Lord had made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. Of course, that was the Ten Commandments. Verse 11, the priests then withdrew from the holy place, and all the priests who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. And all the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Haman, 
Jeduthun and their sons and relatives stood at the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals and harps and lyres, and they were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. And the trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voice in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. And then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. I wonder what would happen if you and I, when, when we're going through difficult times like we are now, instead of saying, oh God, what are we going to do about all this? Oh God, what, what is tomorrow going to hold for us? And uh, what are we going to do about the future? And oh God, it, it looks bad to me. It looks rough. If, instead, we start talking like that. If we, on the other hand, start saying, you know, Lord, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. And I just want to thank you, Lord, that you're a good God. Your word is true. And I just want to praise you and thank you for who you are. You know, as we learn to minister to the Lord, instead of complain to the Lord, notice what happened. The glory of the Lord's presence filled the temple, and the priests couldn't even perform because they couldn't see. There was just, there was too much holiness in that place. The glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. We need to learn the importance of giving God glory and worshiping Him. It's our first assignment in life. Notice now transferring to a few thoughts from the New Testament, the early church and their ministry to the Lord. I love this passage in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now notice, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Isn't that interesting that in the atmosphere of worship, the Holy Spirit spoke? Now, sometimes people will come and they'll say, Pastor, do you have a word for me? Do you, can, you, can you seek the Lord for a word for me about what I'm supposed to do? I believe God wants to talk to you personally. I believe he's good for, I believe he wants to communicate with you directly. How many of you, how many of you are willing for that to happen? Praise God. Now, notice with me, while they set the atmosphere through worship, the Spirit of God spoke to them and gave them the direction they needed. Next time you were in a moment where you're not sure what tomorrow holds, spend time worshiping and ministering to the Lord and just wait and listen to the Spirit of God. We're going to sing another little chorus that I trust will be a blessing to you. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin. Oh, purr. 
and the purchase of blood to every believer the promise of God the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives praise the Lord praise the Lord let the earth hear Why don't you take one moment and thank the Lord. Look back and see all the things he has done. Take a moment and just thank him tonight. Lord, we just want to worship you and bless you for all of the great things you have done for each one of us. Every one of us has a story to tell of your greatness and your provision. We bless you and honor you, giving you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's... let's Fast forward from the New Testament church and think for a moment about the scenes that are in heaven every day, happening even now as I speak to you. Revelation chapter 5 gives us a snapshot into what's going on in heaven. I looked in verse 11 and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Over the years, I've found a lot of people that go, you know, I'll, I'm going to stay out in the lobby during the preliminaries, and I'll come in and uh, then sit down so when, when they preach the word, you know, I'll be part of that. Let me, just, let me just give you a word of counsel. The worship that we do in church and the worship I trust you do in your home is not preliminaries. It's the main thing. It's the most important thing. It's the key to a breakthrough in life is knowing who and what should receive the glory. Let us be people who understand what he has done and the price that's been paid in heaven. You see it in the Word. They're worshiping 24 hours a day. They're worshiping. You go, I don't think I could do that, man. I get pooped just standing five minutes. You know, you make a stand-up, and then we sit down, stand up. I get tired, of, and I watch people, you know, sometimes they wilt like this. But there's going to be supernatural strength. You don't have to get discouraged about worshiping God. Let's just get on, let's get on task and realize this is what we were made for. This is what we will be doing. This is what it's all about, worshiping him and honoring him. Let's, let's be about his business. Come on, let's do some right now. Won't you join us? Sing glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, 
God. Praise God. You may be seated. As I hope that we have been able to prove biblically that ministry to the Lord is the main and common theme in the Bible. But notice, secondly, this evening, ministering to the Lord fulfills God's purposes for your life and mine. It fulfills what He made us for. His plan is for everyone to worship Him. He wants the Muslim man to worship him. He wants the Buddhist woman to worship him. He wants the cult person to worship him. He's waiting. He's longing for their worship. Psalm 22, verse 27. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. Psalm 95, verse 6. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Isaiah 2.20, in that day people will throw away to the moles and bats their idols of silver and idols of gold, which they have made to worship. What a day that's going to be. Can you imagine? Revelation 4 and 10, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. Revelation 14, verse 6 and 7 Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every tribe and nation, language and people. And he said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Isaiah 43, verse 7, everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Isaiah 43, 21, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I just want to remind you that God has ordained that everyone who lives on the earth, it is God's will that people would worship him. I know that you're mindful that you are not just a surprise. Your parents might have said, you are our little surprise. We didn't think you were coming. You know, you're no surprise to God. You're a special image of God. You're his representative in this world. And we've been made by God and for him to give him praise and worship. Let's pause right now to worship. Let's pause and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. Almighty God, there is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I.
Praise God. Praise God. I believe that's true, don't you? His plan is for everyone to worship him. But his plan, in addition, is for you to worship, not just to ask for stuff. When you raise your family, teach them that we don't just talk to God about what we need and want. We come to worship him first. That's our primary function, to worship him, to thank him for who he is and honor him. In Ephesians 1, verse 16, I've not stopped giving thanks to For you, remembering you in my prayers, Paul tells the church, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. What an amazing passage of special prayer. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, we're reminded about Jesus and his disciples. They were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? She's doing the ham and biscuit sandwiches, you know, th- putting the mayonnaise on there and getting ready for the, for the Dorito chips and all of that and the, and the Pepsi-Cola and, and uh, on and on, things that they obviously ate and, and enjoyed in those days. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work for myself? Tell her to help me. Notice now, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things, Jesus says, are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is a clear instruction point for all of us. When you feel the tension, the pressure of life coming, remember to choose the only thing that really is important. She was listening to the words of Jesus. And uh, Mary was settled in presence of the Lord, listening and honoring him, and uh, rather worship and magnify the Lord instead of being rattled by the news media and whose uh, Twitter account got canceled and all of that. Let's spend more time focusing on the most important thing. Lord, I just want to minister to you. I want to hear your word. I want to love you, and uh, let's do that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Majesty. Worship his majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty.
worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Giving you glory. Giving you the honor that you deserve. Jesus, who Lord, help us to consider our ways, to consider how much time we spend pursuing things that have no eternal value when we have the privilege to be heard in heaven as a worshiper. Lord, we want you to hear our voice every day, not just once, but through the course of the day, that you would hear our voice giving you the glory that you deserve. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And now, as we get to the final uh, part of our lesson tonight, how do we minister to the Lord? How, How are you to do this? How shall we do it? Well, our first priority is to love God, to love Him with all we have. In Jeremiah chapter 2, Verse 12, this amazing passage of Scripture. Be astonished, O you heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Interesting that God says, be astonished. Look at this. People are looking to the world's ways and the systems of the world to provide the joy and the fulfillment that they need. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, which is really what they need. I don't know about you, but this passage is a light flashing, providing warning Two evils, they've forsaken me, and they go for these other things that will not provide any refreshing. I think all of us know it's true. In Matthew 22, verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. Let me ask you to help. Let's say that together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now notice in verse 40, he said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I want you to picture like a You know, if you have blinds in your house or curtains in your house, you have a curtain rod hanging, and everything of life hangs on this, on this rod. Love the Lord first, and then love your neighbor as yourself. God is ever inviting you and me to come close. In some cases, he needs to come close to repair us. Might be wounded. You might be broken hurting, and some situation from yesteryear has not been repaired. Let him heal you. Let him restore you. Let him refresh you. 
Let him fill you. And let's get back to the basics, loving him with all of our heart, honoring him, and loving our neighbor as ourself. I love this passage in John chapter 4 where Jesus tells us a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. These are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. I don't know about you tonight, but Jesus' words command my attention. In a world that is so fragmented and so chaotic and so much vile behavior, so much hatred and fear and theories going on, no less than 15 people told me coming in the door, have you heard the news this morning about the military and about the coup and about the, the president hustled into safety, he's hiding and they're trying to kill him and they're going to have to go after Pence and on and on, all of the things that people have on their mind. You know what? This passage kind of solves it, helps us. The Father is seeking people who will worship him now. Worship him now. This is a song that I don't know if you're familiar with or not, but it has had a huge impact on my personal life. You know, if you think you have arrived in life, you're, you're in trouble. I want to continue to be led to the Lord. I want to continue to find myself honoring him for all he has done and what he's doing currently and what he's going to do in, in the days ahead. And this song kind of nails it. Let's sing it together. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy There's another verse later in that song, in that great hymn, that encourages us to walk close to the Lord. I hope it will resonate with what you feel in your heart tonight for the Lord. Let's sing together. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for Thee. Forget thy agony. 
I can't speak for you. I can just talk for myself. If Jesus hadn't saved me, there would be no chance that I would probably even be alive tonight because the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. I want to remember every day of my life what Jesus has done for me. And the song, Lead Me to Calvary, is a reminder, oh, Jesus, thank you for loving me. When he died on that cross, you were on his mind. I was on his mind. I don't ever want to lose track of that. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee. There's a lot of things that make life unpleasant, challenges that you and I will face. We need to lift that cross, that burden, and follow after him every day and keep thanking him for what he's done for us. And finally tonight, our worship brings us into God's presence and brings God's presence into us. Let me repeat that. Our worship brings us into God's presence and brings God's presence into us. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, the trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. And the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the temple of God. May we be quick to understand the great privilege we have been called to, to worship Him, to honor Him, letting the fruit of our lips give praise to Him, and uh, thank God, thank God. Um, I want to conclude our time together tonight with a different kind of song, um, and I realize that um, Many times people have no appreciation for certain kinds of songs, and I, I understand that times change and everything. But, um, you know, we need to learn to trust God that He has more that He wants to do for us and in us. The song is called More Abundantly, and I want to invite you to stand as we conclude the service by singing this together. A little faster tempo. Are you trusting Jesus all along the way? Does he grow more precious to your heart each day? Are you his disciples? Test his word and see.
just want to lift our voice to you and thank you for all you've done for us. We just, we pause tonight to redirect our minds and our thoughts and our emotions to just be filled with wonder every day in your presence. Help us, Lord. Teach us the importance of what you want to see from us. You want to hear our voice giving you glory. So as we travel to our place of business, as we work and do our function during the course of the day, may our lips be uh, uh, reciting praises to you. And from our depths of our soul, may we be filled with appreciation and thanksgiving for all you have done. And Lord Jesus, we are cognizant that you know every need that we have. You know every circumstance that we have need of tonight. And so even as we worship you, we know that you're working. We know that you're doing things. We know that circumstances are changing as we worship you because praise silences the enemy. Praise stills the voice of the avenger. And tonight we thank you, Lord, that even from the mouths of babies, we can have power through praise. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for everyone who's here tonight. We thank you for the privilege we have to walk with a God so great. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be worshipers, to realize this is why we were created. This is why you made us. This is why we are on this earth. And I pray you'd redirect our thoughts and our attention to be real worshipers of the living God on a daily basis. I pray your blessing now on every home represented. This week will be, no doubt, a very unusual week in the history of our country. I thank you, Lord, that we're not going to get wrapped up in, 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 in chaos and, and, and anger and rage. We instead are just going to say, Lord, this is your country. Bring to pass what you want. Bring to pass every detail of this matter. And we thank you, Lord, that we just rejoice like children in the presence of a loving Father, that you know what we need, you know what you want to do, and we just welcome the moving of your Spirit among us. I pray, God, you'd help us to be people full, full of praise and worship that belongs to you. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for a great day in your house. And bless us now as we go. Let it be a great week in your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give a shout to the Lord tonight. We're thankful for his mighty presence.